0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Paul Brown Podcast. I'm Ian Wright, and I'm here with my buddy, co-host, and one of the most sought-after men in the Twitter spaces world, Jack Duffin. Jack, what's going on, buddy?
1: Uh, it's, it's good. And uh, firstly, I apologize to you, the listeners. Um, th- this is the third day of free agency. Um, well, tampering. We're now into officially into the new league year. And uh, ideally, we'd love to have got to you quicker, but it's just been mental for me. Um, I spent well over a hundred hours preparing for the last couple of days and uh it's just been r- mental. Um so hopefully you follow along on Twitter. It's been great fun, but we just want to break down the guys the Browns have already signed and uh I- I'm ecstatic. That that would be how I describe sort of the last few days.
0: It's I mean, listen, Jack, we have jobs, we have lives, we're not paid by the Browns, by the NFL, or by any other media outlets from a national sca- scope to give opinions and time. So listen, we we do it as a hobby. Paul Paul obviously gets all the money and travels with it across the world. So, you know, we just have to understand our place in the world. And this is it. So for all of the people that kind of listen and aren't active on the social medias, we try to get you caught up and, you know, informed with what's going on, the latest. I mean, last show we started and had news breaking and Jack was winning bets All within the course of an episode. So you never know what you're going to get. That's for sure. I miraculously threw 10 bucks on a late goal in the first half of the Napoli and just won a plus 1300. Who needs parlays when you can turn 10 bucks into 130 bucks with a beautiful header? So you never know what's going to happen in the world of sports. Heck, I would almost guarantee, Jack, by the time we hit stop on this recording, there'll be some breaking news that'll give away our timestamp of when we're doing this.
1: Yeah, it always gets leaked um, by us too. (laughs) So we'll start with the first name. We're going to go through who the Browns have signed. We'll do a little wrap-up of some other moves and bits that have happened. But I think the first name to start with is the first one out the gates was Ethan Pochich, um, signed for $6 million a year, um, a three-year deal, so $18 million over three. Still to this point, we've had no details. For one of the only deals that has been announced, the entire free agency, talking for any team where the guarantees aren't out there, um, it's, it's been weird, which... To be fair, if the agent doesn't want to shout and scream about the guarantees, probably means it's in the team's favour. So that's something certainly worth keeping an eye on. Um, it's one that all, basically, of the free agent centres have effectively, if they're a starter, they've signed for £6 million a year. I know certainly two of the other ones have, and I don't remember what Jake Wendell got, um, but he was probably in the same range. Um, but yeah. this is one where, if you wanted a centre, it was £6 million, You pay it or you don't get one. Um So... It's frustrating because I'd like to go a bit cheaper and sort of save that $6 million and maybe put it into another position. But I get what they're trying to do. Um, you've got the Chiefs throwing money at the O-line. Loads of teams really, really investing in O-line um, the last few seasons.
0: Yeah, it's, Aaron Wilson said Brendel uh, was a four-year, $20 million max value contract that had $8 million guaranteed. So we we kind of saw this at the beginning that there was like a crop of centers that were all like – really kind of in the same market. And then all of a sudden, like all of them started re-signing with their teams. So it was kind of, you know, very interesting. Obviously, Pochich signed with the Browns. Brendel went back to the Niners. And uh, I believe Bradbury went back to the Vikings. So there hasn't been too much in terms of uh, changing of teams. Bozeman re-signed with the Panthers. um, So I can't off the top of my head think of any one person that's changed teams but maybe a backup or something like that, or a veteran, I don't know. But the main guys going in have all re-signed with their teams.
1: Yeah, and it just goes to show that teams are obviously valuing the position and they don't want to lose what they've got. So um, it's one that part of me is like, hey, the benefit of having Bill Callahan is almost we want to do what we do at linebacker, cheap but get above average. Um, And that's kind of what the analytics community is at a point where saying, hey, you just need to get above average O-line play. Um, you can't have one bad piece on the line you need all five to just be above average you don't need to chase elite because elite's awesome but if you're having to pay that much for elite are you taking it out of the wide receiver budget are you taking it out of somewhere else to put it there and Bill Callahan, every time we've needed a guard to like step in as the next guard up they've been great um, so he's got a really really good track record and hopefully it's something that They've invested now, but we can use some draft picks over the next couple of years while we turn over this O-line and then get much cheaper um, because that's going to be a net benefit for the team.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's one of those ones where you've mentioned it many a times, the opportunity cost, right? A lot of people are out there talking about, ends and tackles and all this other stuff. And I mean, if you spend $6 million on the center. That's $6 million you can't spend on a D-tackle. Or, you know, I mean, there's been guys getting out there these $7 million deals. It's like, okay, you can't get that person because you got the center. However, clearly teams that run, you know, this outside, this stretch, these inside concepts where a lot of the interior alignment are moving. We're talking about pulling guards and centers. You know, when you're talking about running traps and stuff like that, you need guys that can be fleet of foot. But the irony is, obviously going into last offseason, Nick Harris was kind of the penciled in starter with Pochich signing to be the guy that hopes to get his shot. Well, now Pochich plays a year. Never let him see your backups. It happened. Now Pochich is the starter and Harris moves into that. He's one snap away role because we know last year the Browns were down to their third string center at some point with, you know, Froholt. And that's even after Deaton got injured so we never actually even got to see him give it a whirl so if you're nick harris this should not be discouraging you know obviously you have a uh, a nice you know rapport with with Pochett, so take that mindset that you did going in because i still don't think they've given up on nick harris obviously if they had they would have traded him but i think they're very comfortable to let him get through his injury rehab and come in as that backup center because as this year showed us with tampa and you know the browns Having a backup center that can step in is a very valuable piece.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's always about having that depth, that quality there, and then they look to develop guys like Deaton. They might bring someone else in. Um, I think there's there's going to be a really nice young core. We could legit see these five starters locked in, and then behind that, you've got a rookie tackle you might have Hudson you might have a another draft pick you might have Deaton you might have Harris I think they'll probably look for either that draft pick um or Deaton one of those is replaced by a vet um just to give them just some sense that hey there's somebody that's done this before consistently but that's where you want to be you don't want to be spending two three million on any of those guys behind your starting Line Keep the money in the line. I'd rather be in starters than in guys that never play. This isn't like the edge, of the DT rooms where it's like, hey, number three is going to get a lot of snaps. You never want any of the O-linemen six to see the field, but you need to be ready for that. But I'd rather be ready with a young guy that's a third or fourth round pass pick than you spend in 5 million
0: on someone. Oh, absolutely. And to 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 further solidify that point before we move on from Hocho's just they don't even let the backup center centers do the snap and knees, okay? So, if your backup center's playing, it's not for a good reason. So, to your point, you don't I mean Harris is on minimum contract, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars. So, that is absolutely perfect if you're going to pay a starter and then sub million. And when we talk about some of these other positions that we're going to get into, this development of the lower levels of contracts becomes so important. This is something that Browns fans have to get used to. You have a $46 million quarterback with now a cap hit of over $60 million in future years, which, yes, Jack, we know they're going to manipulate that. You cannot go out and buy the top-end players at every position. We tried to tell you this. They did it in one position, but you'll see why they did it in this position. You cannot go out and spend exorbitant amounts of money on these positions because you're in essence signing one player for what three and four players need to be able to come in and do. So get used to it. It's a different type of fandom that we're going to have to have now having a quarterback eating up 25% of our cap.
1: So next name I want to jump to um, is my guy. Um, oh, God, here I, we I, go. I, I love All right, it. everybody
0: out there, just sit down. You can either fast forward through this part Jack, we already told Paul he's going to be the parade marshal. So Jack is going to take the slowest victory lap through the streets of London because for probably 12 to 13 months now, he has manifested in his mind. He has absorbed in the toxins of the environment through the ginger beard and just channeled them into his free agent predictions. And it has led us to who, Jack? Oco
1: fucking Ronquo. Um, that is the man, Ocaronkwo, uh previously at the Rams, spent last year at the Texans, and do what all good
0: players at the Texans do. They come to the Browns. That's where they go. It's a pipeline. Houston to Cleveland, Cleveland to Houston. You go there, we come here. So um,
1: just an incredibly efficient pass rusher on the edge, and that is all I've been dreaming of. Just get me guys that can get at the quarterback and, no uh, – The fact that it's a three year deal as well gives them a long term partner to Miles Garrett, which it was never realistic when we were talking about the 10 millions for JV Avion Clowney. You can't commit like 30 million over three years to pair with a guy that is costing 25 million a year. Whereas you bring that down and you suddenly go, hey, we're going to have a 12, um, 18, was it 19 million over the next three years? You can realistically pair that. We're talking about 11 million less. So just really happy they've got a guy that he's going to do the job. Is he going to be out there on every first down if it's a run-heavy play? Probably not. But it's not about that. You need the depth, rotation. I'm more interested if, if we get to second and third down, someone is smacking that quarterback in the face. And if that's not Miles, Okoronko can be that guy. He's going to give you five, 600 snaps a year. And sometimes the fear is, and we've spoke about it, efficiency metrics, they're all great. But do they stack up as you increase those snap numbers? We saw in the second half of last season, he started and um, was playing a lot more snaps of the Texans and the efficiency went up. That is exciting. So um, much more suited to a four-man front that he played in the Texans and he'll play in the Browns than what he was asked to do while he's with the Rams. So um, I, 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 I'm just buzzing.
0: Yeah, just to give everybody a little background. So his full name obviously is, and per, forgive us, but I've done my research enough to think it's Agbonia. Agbonia Okoronkwo. He goes by Obo. So if you hear him commonly referred to as Obo, that makes sense. But I don't know if you knew this or not, Jack. He is a, actually of Nigerian descent. And we have a chief on our team that is of Nigerian descent. That is obviously Mr. David Najoku. So, you know. Oboe is going to come in here and be exactly what Jack just said, a situational pass rusher in the NFL. You have all of these morphed fronts and these exotic looked packages sometimes. So what we're talking about is remember how like you'd see Winovich out there and you'd see miles inside, you know, these are the type of exotic formations. And for those that don't know, Jim Schwartz, doesn't he didn't invent like a defensive front here and talking about the wide nine and stuff. If you go watch college games, you'll see a lot of teams run this wide nine. Now the benefit Schwartz has is with a guy like Miles Garrett who can bend. So the idea is, if I have to line Gar- a, a normal guy like say Obo out outside of the tight end, which is where the quote unquote nine position is, the angle at which he attacks the quarterback generally cannot be done by your traditional five tech on the outside with Garrett. Well, with Garrett's ability to bend, you can actually run a wide nine angle with Garrett. So now if I slide Garrett inside, I can put Oboe on the outside and I can have two guys almost coming in at this angle at the quarterback. That's what he's going to do. For those that may remember, this is a, he was at Oklahoma and he did the same thing. He just rushes the passer. So spare me every week when you post his run grade. I don't want to see it. We don't care. The Browns don't care. They paid him to pressure the quarterback because of the amount of assets they have in the secondary. So his job when he's on the field is to get the quarterback. Now, maybe he runs into a ball carrier on the way to the quarterback, but that'll be surely accidental.
1: Well, Jake Burns did his film breakdown today and he's made the point. He's not selling you as he's some great run stuffer, but he's average. And that's fine. What I don't want is I don't want, hey, you can't stop the run and you get run over every single play. All I'm chasing is great pass rush and average run stopping. And if you're just okay at stopping the run, fantastic. That's all I want to pay for. Because if you get both, and if he was a great run stopper, well, he's costing 15 million a year, not 6 million a year. So that's kind of what you're doing. And you're going, well, where are we willing to skimp? Just give me average. And that, for me, I think he he gives you that.
0: Yeah. And this guy, All-American in college, was with the Rams. You know, he was obviously on the Super Bowl when they won, you know, when the Rams won the Super Bowl. So this is a guy who, for the most part, has been on good defenses, went down to Houston as a one-year deal, didn't work out. Obviously, the Texans were in a rebuilding year, but he did plan to a very good head coach in terms of defensive style in Lovey Smith. So this is a guy that should have a very good understanding of how to play the game of football. You will see nothing bad about there, you know, out there about the guy seems like a pretty stand-up guy in every sense of the word. And he's able to come here, you know, be around guys like JOK, be around guys like David Njoku, who kind of have that, you know, familiarity for him. Cause as much as people like to say this, you know, in locker rooms, there's welcoming parties. And if you have people that, have similar backgrounds in you, it really helps. So a guy like JOK and him can sit down and go, all right, Hey man, if you're coming from this side, I'm doing this. Like they're able to communicate and there's instant trust that's built. So it it is a little tough for me to stomach that you get your victory lap on this one, but I think I'm willing to give it to you only because the contract looks friendly and he's going to be asked to do exactly what the Browns need. And that's good after the quarterback.
1: Yeah. And just on, he's a high character guy. I reached out. I was actually chatting to a guy that is another the dad of another defensive tackle uh, free agent. It's not and, Daniel
0: Bellinger, is it?
1: No, he's a defensive tackle, not a tight it, end. <laughs> last, time, last
0: time I checked, uh, Daniel Bellinger's dad's going to tell you that he's actually better than Oboe as well.
1: Um, but uh, he, he said, look, he is such a great guy. Um, and yeah, who knows? Um, if that uh, defensive tackle's dad ends up in Cleveland, I might tell you who he is. Um, but Okaronko's deal comes in at $2.18 million. Um, nuts the structure they've got the signing bonus an option bonus and a second option bonus as far as i'm aware that's never been done for a three-year deal in the nfl history so andrew berry is breaking all the rules and doing whatever he wants to push that cap as far down the line as you can
0: i was gonna um, say jack explain why that's explain why that's unique and how it benefits the browns so effectively signed he signed an
1: uh, a seven-year contract with the Browns. Um, what it will look like in a weird paper form because he's got year one where he'll have the signing bonus and the min salary. Year two where he has the first option bonus. An option bonus is just a signing bonus, but not in the first year. So that just kicks the can again in the second year, and then in the third year, which is the last year in his deal, that just kicks the can. Um, again, it's not quite at the minimum, but it's low. So it's one where they're just pushing that money out because they feel really good, obviously, about, hey, let's have him here all three years, push this. And to say, like, Miles Garrett's deal was the first one to have a double option bonus since Joe Flacco with the Ravens in his first extension. So that's saying how far it was between one and the other. And you're thinking, yeah, a massive player signing a long deal Makes sense. I would never have expected to see this in a um, player's deal, especially a three-year. So um, unusual, but exciting to see what you can do. And, hey, next three years with Miles Garrett, this should be fun.
0: Yeah. For all those out there, to summarize, if you go to Over the Cap, which is obviously Jack's unpaid promotions there, you'll notice that there's just all these void years at the end. That's why he's saying a seven-year deal. The three-years, $12 guarantee, but you're going to see numbers for about seven years. So. You can understand why the Browns are doing it.
1: I would consider jumping over to the OBR because the difference of what I do versus um, over the cap, and I love over the cap, is they put it all into one prorated column. I'll break it out for you so you can really clearly see the different years. And just a little plug, the OBR, you get two months for the price of $1. Go over there. um, Barry's drunk. um, Sign up. um, Loads of great content on there, so uh, enjoy it.
0: Well, the nice part about the Browns is them being so quiet, Jack. We only have a couple names left to talk about as of right now. So who, who are we moving on? Because we're, we're, uh, we're getting thin on the number of guys so far.
1: Yeah, so we're going to jump to another guy on the defensive line. Um, and this is one where I, I sort of take the L and then I take the W at the same time. Of um, I was quite solid all along of I don't think they're going to sign a 10 million plus player. Um, it just doesn't make sense that hey, if they get into a bidding war, they're going to get outbid because I don't think they're going to pay what the Hargreaves price was, which is what happened. They got into it, but they weren't willing to go as high. But I said, hey, there is two guys I could realistically see them do it for. One was Marcus Davenport. It wasn't him, and he went to Quesi, Which hey, there, there's that AB mindset going on there, and then and the went second on a one-year one year
0: deal. The
1: second one was Tom Linson, Delvin Tomlinson, Dalvin uh, Tomlinson, which we actually then got from Kwezi. So Link's up there. Um, as, uh, what have we called him? It? It's Mr. Consistent. Um, if you look at yeah. all of the defensive tackles, these five big guys, Jerome Payne, Tomlinson, Allen, Jones, and Hargraves, how many of those guys have had top 25 seasons per PFF in the last three years? not even all of them have had one season that ranked in the top 25 for defensive tackles. All three of Tomlinson's uh, most recent years are all in the top 25. This guy, he has a job. He does it. He's super consistent. And if you're throwing 10 million plus at a player, I want consistency. And if you're not consistent, I'm not interested because I do not want to pay guys in the hope we chase their breakout and their top year when if if you're on that much money, you are there to carry the entire defense. Um, it's his job to carry the interior. They'll put someone with him, but he is the what's gonna make or break the defensive tackles.
0: Yeah, and listen, that's I think that's why when you go back and listen to the defensive tackle podcast, you'll understand that we talked about him in this exact fashion. There's nothing flashy and sexy about him because when he was with the Giants, he played kind of their one tech. And to under, to kind of explain what that means again, it's more towards the center, right? So you're playing more of the A-gap, which the A-gap is the left shoulder and the right shoulder of the center. And then when he went to Minnesota, they moved him over to the B-gap. And the B-gap is obviously the one between the center and the guard. I'm sorry, over the guard. So as you move away, it goes one, three, five to the outsides in each direction. So Tomlinson in, in New York really played kind of that that center pin, so to say, of the defensive line. And then I think that's where he's going to go back to the Browns because if you do stick a guy like Miles or Oboe outside, you have to make sure you don't have three and four yard splits between your D tackles because now you're going to be really susceptible to an inside run or you know some sort of a counter or a trap on the inside. So Tomlinson is not this flashy, you know, the Draymond Jones where you're expecting these giant big pl- splash plays but in the same sense, you also don't seem to get the downside. You know, a lot of people may remember him. This was an Alabama kid, second round pick in the miles Garrett year. You know, he was a little bit of an under the radar. Some people had him a little higher. He fell into that later part of the second round and just was good for the giants. He just was good. And then Minnesota paid him a little bit. So the guy's job is to literally fill holes, and then allow the people around him to make the plays. And when you have a guy like Miles Garrett now, because don't get me wrong, if you want to shift your line to block, you know, say Miles or Oboe on one side and or maybe Alex Wright coming big off the other edge, and you try to go one-on-one with Tomlinson, this is a grown man. Like, he, he can mix it up. He's got quick hands. He's strong at the point of attack. He generally doesn't get you know, out leveraged in terms of his pads. A lot of times with defensive tackles, we talk about your pad level. He plays very low for a guy that's six foot three. I mean six three three, twenty five. He's a beast of a man to move in the middle, but he also has a pretty low pad level, which is good for trying to not be out leveraged in the run game, which Jack, as you know, the Browns really struggled in that run game. So I think Tomlinson's a guy they obviously targeted and said, if we're going to give money, we're going to give it to this guy. I don't know, Jack. I'd be curious if you're taking this. Do you think a lot of the Draymond Jones and Javon Hargraves, I know Schefter came out and said the Browns were second in line for Hargrave. Do you think they were ever really all that serious? Because I just don't see, you know, a lot of times people don't understand. Agents will do whatever they need to do to get the numbers they need to get, right? So all of a sudden they look and say, well, the Browns need D-tackle. They call Andrew Barry. Barry's like, sure, I'd be interested in them for this number. And it's like, well, the Browns are interested. They're on the radar. Like we're really, you know, we're, we've got offers in hand from them. And the Niners are sitting there going, well, we're going to have to beat that. I just think it's a lot of cat and mouse, Jack. I really do. I just, I don't see them ever really being hundred percent in on $20 million tackles, whether it be Draymond or Javon Hargrave. I think Tomlinson was the guy they had at the top of the list, and they went out and got him. And it yeah. has been officially announced by the team.
1: Yeah, so I think what, what they're able to do, and we have spoke about it on previous shows, they will be in and around every deal. Um, because they want to know what the prices are and what's going to happen. Because what happens to Jones impacts Tomlinson. Um, in the same way, what happens to Hargreaves impacts Jones and impacts Tomlinson and impacts all these other cheaper guys down the line. So th- I think they'll be in and around every deal. Um, and that's why their name will just continue to get brought up. And as well, they, they know the Browns are aggressive. So as you said, it pushes up that price for an agent um, and he's doing his job. So uh, no surprise there.
0: And real quick, I'll just say, so here was the quote from Kevin Stefanski, Kevin Stefanski. I'm excited about Dalvin being a Cleveland Brown. He's a smart, tough football player. In addition to being a productive force in the middle of our defense, he's a high character person, great teammate, and exactly the type of, exactly the type of person we want as part of our team. So that tells you right then and there, they, he doesn't check just the on-field boxes. He checks the off-field boxes and to, I don't want to belabor your point, Jack, but you had mentioned about the Browns being in and around every deal. And I think what happens is, is, and we've seen it especially over the last three days, with them being in and around every deal, there will be a large number of players, and I use this phrase very specifically, on the radar, in the scope, right? Browns have interest in. Right now, there's a big name out there, Jerry Judy, where, quote-unquote, the Browns have interest. I have no doubt the Browns have interest. The difference is... Is the interest real? You know, for example, I really have interest in buying, you know, a 2023 GMC Denali Yukon XL. I can tell you right now, my bank account does not allow me to buy that car, but I am very interested. I've Googled it. I've built it on the website. I've done a lot of things, but I can't afford it. Now, if I go out and do a rock rock star job at work. So be really cognizant of the people out there that are kind of name whoring their tweets and saying, oh, the Browns have interest in hashtag this or yes, they are being accurate that the Browns quote unquote have interest, but I don't think it's all that out on the limb that you're thinking that it is by saying, oh, they're at the final negotiating table with the Jesse Bates or at the final negotiating table with the Draymond Jones. These are the sexy names. That's why I call it name whoring because you just put these names in there. Nobody's out there name whoring, you know, a low level D tackle or an outside linebacker, they want to put the big names in the tweets and that's what they do to get people's interest because Jack, you know, what I do when we went into these spaces, everybody was Draymond, 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 Javon, Javon, Javon. I didn't hear Tomlinson's name once. And we did a two and a half hour space. Not one question, not one person mentioned the name Dalvin Tomlinson. And then afterwards, everyone was like, Oh, I had this the whole time. He was the most easy. It's like, all right, guys, like I get it. I get it.
1: I I was just happy I put the tweet out because I sort of covered myself with the net spending over 10 million and then gave myself two outs and that's all I needed. And I, I I came up a school. So, um, no, I think it's, it's going to be a fun player. Um, he's got that flexibility to play a bit of one tech bit of three tech. Um, and it might be one you shared an article with me where it spoke more about like a two and a four, um, that two, I, four, I, yeah, it's going to be intriguing to see that Schwartz, and options. It's always what you want to do is as long as you've got a defensive or offensive coordinator that is creative enough to do stuff. Give them guys you can do slightly different stuff with, and it just opens up a whole box of tricks. So um, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen.
0: And Jack, it's not about it's not even about the defensive coordinator because if Jim Schwartz comes here and has a bunch of Jimmys and Joes, he can't do all these things. You need to have players to fit these things. That's why when we talk about two eyes and four eyes and stuff, we're really just talking about alignment gaps. So like, you know, when he was in Philly, there was a guy, Timmy Jernigan, who they kind of used as the benchmark example. But if I don't have miles Garrett, and I don't have oboe and I don't have Alex, Wright And I don't have these other guys. It doesn't matter where I put these guys. They have to be productive in a specific spot for a specific reason. So that's, you know, that's the thing I would always focus on is they're, they're signing these guys. They're drafting these guys for specific roles not for fantasy football or any of these other things there is a specific role that they want them to play
1: yeah so I think that sums up Tomlinson um,
0: yeah that's Oboe Tomlinson yeah. and, po- and pochich I mean those are the three names I mean those are I think all the five million and over right because obviously they brought Grant back on the restructure Taki Taki was less
1: uh, we'll touch on Grant first um, they've brought his salary basically down to the minimum. There's a, a little bit more of incentives in there. Um, a dear, I, I, I I, broke a, something to do with the Browns contract. That's the first time ever. Um, I broke the news that the void year, um, they'd replaced his final year um, in his contract. So that's now a void, which will allow him to go into free agency a year early. So if he makes the roster this year, final year on the team, and then he'll that's, go... That's Thomas market. Graham? No, this is...
0: um. Jakeem Grant Grant drinking Grant, yep.
1: yep. so um, that's there. Um, AJ Green, um, we still don't know the terms. This is a weird one. Lots of people were confused, including beat writers saying he's an exclusive rights free agent, mainly because they were looking at SpowTrack rather than over the cap, which as as listeners of the podcast, you all know that's a no, no. You don't do that. Um, you go to over the cap. And the reason people get confused is because usually you have to have six games on the active roster to get a credited, uh, an accrued season. They changed the rules during the COVID year and said, hey, you only need one. And unfortunately, that means AJ Green got enough that he got one in that first year. Otherwise, he, in any normal year and no COVID, he would be an exclusive rights-free agent. Um, still really interested to find out what that deal is because it doesn't sound like, from the wording of the Browns press release, that he did get a tender... Um, so keen to see where that shakes out. It could just be, hey, they've agreed to um, one and a half million guaranteed and then incentives to get the rest or something else.
0: There it is. Um, Taki, one year, 2.6 million. He's coming back, obviously, rehabbing from the ACL. Uh, Ben Still, I think they've done, they did a while ago in terms of just bringing him back on a, a tender as well, right? Wasn't he a, wasn't he just kind of a,
1: yeah, so they tendered Graham, they tendered ben, ben Still, and they didn't. So, two guys they didn't tender. They didn't tender Chris Odom as the exclusive rights free agent, and the, uh, the restricted free agent, Michael Dunn, didn't get a tender either. So, unless they didn't, it's not been announced anywhere, which seemed would be weird. Yeah.
0: All right. So, Jack, I mean, that pretty much at this point, there's been no more breaking news in the Browns. They've been relatively quiet, and there's still a lot of names out there, you know, but. For the people that have signed, has there been any contract? And I'll, for the sake of this, let's take Daniel Jones, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson. Let's take kind of the quarterbacks out of this. Was there any contracts that you kind of looked at and went, ooh, they're going to regret that one pretty quick?
1: So uh, I'd say a player that I, we spoke a long time about, DeMarcus Walker. How is he getting $7 million a year? Um, I really like that at sort of a three and a half million a year signing to be my third edge. They've got to be expecting to start. And it's like, what are you doing when you can get Arden key for 7 million a year, you're paying. Why would be, I just, I I don't get it.
0: Listen, the bears do a lot of very unique things. And I think they look at him as saying he can, because remember Matt Eber is the coach out here in Chicago. He's a former linebackers coach. He always, even when he was in Indy, loves these kind of athletic linebackers. But in the same sense, he needs some big men up front. And I don't know if they just looked at it because if you look, they don't really have many other guys that, you know, they let Akeem Hicks walk, they let, um, The other big man from last year walked. So they kind of depleted their defensive line. Khalil Mack obviously was gone. So it just may be one of those things where it's time to try to at least find somebody that's not a Jimmy and a Joe and to get Walker, they just had to pay a little bit more because Walker at least gives you some inside outside flexibility, but, I mean, I haven't looked at the exact structure of the contract, but yeah, I mean, that was definitely almost double what anything kind of projected for him was. But in the same sense, they went out and signed TJ Edwards from the Eagles, and they went out and signed Tremaine Edmonds, the big signing from the Bills. So on top of the trade.
1: Um, Next up, I think there's a tight end worth touching on, another one that we discussed, and and we're not going to go for the massive players that were never really around. Josh Oliver. How? 21 million for over three years. So another guy that we're sat there going, Hey, I'm two and a half million. I was like, I'd take a punt on that. Um, yeah. I'm not because well, sure he's a blocking proven. tight end. He's
0: a blocker, like two and a half million for a blocker. I, I had him on my list. I'm like, this, this is a guy. I think the Browns would go out and sign. He doubled it, doubled it, which, Hey, good for him. You know, Hey, get it. How you can get it. I don't ever knock a man for his hustle. And in a you know, in a capitalist society, go out and get what it is. Another one. That
1: we we spoke about, and it was the one of the two guys that I didn't know his number. Dillard, how did Dillard get twenty nine million over three? Listen, I
0: I sarcastically tweeted out right after that. I said, "Congratulations, Jed Wills. There is not a happier man in the NFL than Jedrick Wills after Andre Dillard signed that contract." Because I had said, "Okay, this is a backup." we kind of predicted we were talking about it five six seven mil nope nope not happening that boy he got damn dear 10 million dollars a year so congrats jed on getting your fifth year option picked up because in not this year but the next year 14 million for an offensive tackle might be what the people are paying the backups yeah so um yeah i'm not
1: sure about uh, on your was another one um when he got uh, a little, uh, was it basically 12 million? 11.66. Yeah, uh, yep. six. Um, so that, that's one of like, eh. and the defensive tackle market has been bigger than I would expect. Rankins is another one you can add to that. Um, getting 10 and a half. Yeah. Shy, Tuttle. Were you
0: shocked at Payne getting 22? Were you get? 22?
1: I, th- I think that's fair at the end of the day. If you're going to tag him, you may as well pay the money. Um, so that one wasn't too much of a surprise. When you're paying the big money, it's going to go big. A lot of people
0: were projecting Jones to get more, but then they looked when that deal came out and it was like, he basically is getting a bulk of that cash in the first two years, which likely means that, you know, him at being 26, he's trying to hit free agency again, big before the time he hits 30.
1: No. And you, you want that cash up front because it's like Dalvin Tomlinson's effectively a 28 million over two deal. Um, and so you can, as soon as you get into that option years, almost throw it out and be like how much you getting paid because they'll pay him loads in the first couple of years. And then if they cut him, hey, he can go out and get some more money um, and do the work he's doing. Train Edmonds was silly money, but that's to be expected. Um, he was expected to be paid lots. Um, then um, – uh, I know the other money. one people
0: were talking about, Byron Murphy. He didn't quite – the corners aren't quite getting the pay that they thought they were going to get, I don't think. No. Which, yeah, it's a little bit shocking. It's a little bit shocking. You know, corner is obviously a very valuable position. So that was one. Um, our boy, the we're getting close. I know Paul's listening to this. We're getting close. The hat trick of kickers. First, the Scottish Hammer gets paid. Then Greg Joseph gets paid. Zane is coming up in the- He got in paid the, last year. Yeah, that's. but was it a one-year, right? I think it was a two-year. Two-year? Okay, so Zane, that's what's probably. he- once he gets recovered from ripping his hamstring off the bone or whatever it was he did, that's really serious injury. So, yeah, yeah, it's been, you know, key was another one that I think people had their eye on, signed up there. Uh, Browns lost Chase Winovich down to the Texans. Like we said, the pipeline continues down there. Uh, unfortunately, the logical move for Jimmy Ward to go to the Texans, that one hurt a little bit. Uh, Patrick Peterson signing with the Steelers. I think, you know, there's some people that will probably have a little bit of you know, pause about that one. He's a big name, obviously, on the downside of his career. Uh, but outside of that, I wasn't too shocked. A lot of guys are staying home. Jacoby Myers, I think that was one that came in a little bit under what we, you know, when people were talking 16, 18 million for him, I was like, oh, boy. And the Raiders got him. Uh, and then the Patriots, I saw, got Juju. So, you know, they replace Myers with Juju. Garoppolo's going to the Raiders. So, obviously, there's a little bit of a old Patriots connection there, but. Yeah. Um, Sam Darrell to the 49ers. That's a pretty good one. Baker going to Tampa.
1: So let's go risky. We're going to make predictions. I want three guys. And uh, what what are really the open spots? We've got a free safety. We've safety got a spot. linebacker. We've got a DT. Uh, they'll sign. And then let's throw an edge in there. Why not? Let's start at the back and go to the front. Three guys. Who who's on, who would be on your radar that you think um, you could see? I'm
0: uh, gonna have a go first. Yeah, I, well, I think I know you're gonna talk about from a safety standpoint the indie guy, right? So uh, I Tomlinson um sorry Thornhill
1: is yeah. the one that I think if you want that pure free safety Thornhill if you're looking for to play like too high and do loads of crazy stuff and pair someone with Delpit I think Julian Love makes a lot of sense from the Giants because I think he's probably the most flexible out of the safety group. Um, and I than- think
0: the reason he hasn't signed is probably because I think he thought his market was going to be higher than what it is. And that's one of the reasons, because he was one of the top safeties out there uh, and still is has, hasn't found a home yet. And it does sound like, you know, Gardner Johnson right now, it looked from what I saw, like the Eagles and the Bengals are a little bit in a debating war. I know some people name hoard him out there to the Browns. I just don't see that happening.
1: Yeah. And then the last the guy I would keep Rodney McLeod,
0: Yeah. Say. McLeod is your guy. I figured that one. The, the guy I still have a little bit, just kind of circled at the bottom, Rudy Ford, the kid from the Packers. He's a guy, if you're looking for somebody to come in as a development, I think you can get him on the, on a good cheaper deal. And since you didn't go out and sign my guy, Jimmy Ward, like I told you, there's going to be more snaps out there for a guy like Ford, who's an ascending player, obviously took over on special teams, then moved out into the safety. So yeah, those are a couple names. Uh, Ford's the one I like from the low, the low dollar amount. And also Adrian Amos, he's been out there for a little bit. So if you're looking for a guy, I don't think he's found a home. Um, I'm thinking he's going to get less than the original projected market on there. So Amos is another guy to keep an eye out on.
1: Um, so let, let's I'm, jump into linebackers. I'll, I'll throw my three out there. I'm going with potentially the, the most likely is the return of Anthony Walker. Um, mm-hmm. just because it makes sense and to touch on Taki tacky minimum deal, um, sort of might not be ready for the start of the season, but it's using something called the uh, sa- veteran's salary minimum benefit. They'll pay him 2.6. He only counts as 1.2 ever on the cap. It's not backloaded. They just only have to account for part of it. Something the uh, NFL and NFLPA created just to help these older guys that just get beat out by rookies because they're cheaper. Yeah. Um, and then the the next two guys is, is Bush and it's yeah. Rashawn Evans. Both former first-round picks. We know Andrew Berry likes that stuff. They'll just come in and do solid. I'd probably prefer Evans. I just think he's got a higher floor, but both of those I could certainly see.
0: Yeah, and I think with with Bush, you're talking middle linebacker. Now, the Anthony Walker, is there any particular reason you think they haven't signed him at this point? We haven't really heard much on him. Do you think th- maybe he's testing the market to see if anyone's interested in him until he decides to come through? I
1: think it's probably one where they're just sort of sussing out and he's looking around, they're looking around um, just to gauge what's happening. Um, And I don't think they're going to spend more than 4 million at the position. So basically everyone that's been signed has been five and a half or 11. Um, So it didn't make too much sense.
0: That Uh, first run of linebackers was up there. I still think Camu Grieger Hill is a guy, the guy out of the Texans. I think he's probably somebody that I could see coming in. Um drew tranquil any interest at all i i I'm thinking of guys that have missed this first and second wave that I think we thought would be off the board that haven't you know this is a guy kind of looking for that that contract coming out of the chargers you know plays hard. you're not getting anything crazy boom, but at this point, I think you'd get something at least real, uh remotely li- uh reliable. Nick Morrows, the other guy from the Bears that I know people have said was quote unquote on the radar,
1: yeah. So I think that's good there's names
0: thing. out there. I think the names, it's going to be kind of pick. It's going to be value for price. I think there's a lot of names out there that make sense. Um, like I said, Morrow's one that people have talked about. Tranquil, uh, Camu Greger hill Jack mentioned, you know, Devin Bush. And, uh, oh, Denzel Perriman's still out there. So I just don't know one. if he's know you've more here. That.
1: I think he's more of a will for Again, me than a. Doesn't matter.
0: Throw it out there because you don't. You don't. Schwartz just, can uh, run these I'm guys in sure so many different
1: Perrin. ways. JOK and Perryman.
0: Well, you could play them opposite. I mean, Perryman's. I, I doubt being in the league as long as he has, he can't play Sam. I think you got to take I, I away I some of the two traditional line rows. Out there.
1: You know what? I, I, I never yeah. like three. Three yeah. too many. I one one will do.
0: <laughs> so, uh, D line, what do you got? So I'm, uh, let's do D tackle first. So um Start on the inside, move out. By the way, uh, I need to apologize. I've said for the longest time I didn't think a Taven Bryan-DeForest Buckner pairing was going to happen, and I'm wrong. I I admit wholeheartedly that all the people out there telling me that, you know, getting Buckner and pairing him next to Taven Bryan was this just likely thing to happen. I said, no way, no chance, no how, not in the Midwest, not anywhere within, you know, kind of that Eastern and Central time zone. No, I'm wrong. So there you go. Taven Bryan-DeForest Buckner. Partners in crime.
1: So I'm, I'm intrigued points. to see. I won't go too much into it. Just intrigued to see how he does next to DeForest Buckner versus next to Jordan Elliott. I think we'll see a slightly better player. Had a, a nice little stretch at the end of the season, but um, the return was never that yeah. high on anyone's list. Um, so Calais Campbell's intriguing to me. I think you've got a really high floor. Um, I, th- I think you're looking for a one-year deal here. And the reason why is because... They're doing all this money. They probably want one year here, and then you can move on. Um, and then Campbell's
0: an, ed- Campbell's an edge. He's on the outside.
1: Uh, you can probably play. He played deep for, for the Ravens. Listen
0: for his big ass. I mean, yes, but first of all, you you pick Jerry Hughes and Melvin Ingram, and I talk to you about handicap spots, and you go out and find the one guy that makes them look like rookies. That, that was... Campbell's my age. Jack, yes, Jack. he's six eight and a ma- mountain of a man, but gosh, Jack. You get older every time. She's got like the opposite principles.
1: It. Jackson got me on to But I'll go to some other names. So they are slightly younger. Yes, um, I hope so. They don't say, get much older. younger.
0: Unless you're um, signing the heir of Tom Brady.
1: So just an absolute pressure machine. Um, and that's why I like him. And uh, you know, I do love a bit of pressure. Uh, Morgan Fox um, interests me. Um, some other names. I don't think they'll stretch the price of Ioannidis. Um a cheaper one in Gotsis, but looking for more seasoned guys, I think Dean Lowry makes a lot of sense. Um mm-hmm. coming from the Packers. Um, yeah, a lot of the other guys that I like, especially at that sort of eight plus um percent, they're, they're already rate. gone. Um yeah. eight plus yeah, percent pressure rate. So, well, and, Fox, and we talked about it. I know I discussed talked about it in the space.
0: Barry. You had to just weather the first couple of days. You have to. And I told Browns fans this in the in the in the, in the space. You have to be patient because this is the overpay. This is the, you know, the people that want to get into the market. That's why all the teams with cap space always spend the first couple days of free agency. And then a week later, you start finding the deals. So a lot of the guys that were off our radars before are now becoming on the radars because we know they're going to sign for below what people kind of originally talked. That's why a guy, you know, Jack, Jack just mentioned Dean Lowry. Lowry's an interesting guy. He's a workhorse Packers originally was projected in that seven, eight million range, Now I think he's coming down. Morgan Fox was another guy where production necessarily meet projection and he's down. Um, I know another guy, Greg Gaines has been out there mentioned a little bit. I know that people have talked a little bit. I saw your boy, Nathan Shepard got paid by the jets. He's out too much. And these
1: are guys that if he was 3 million, even 4 million, nice signing. Yeah.
0: Crazy, but I mean, tackles. listen, I think the chance of them going after a guy like Ashawn Robinson after getting Dalvin Tomlinson doesn't make as much sense. A lot of similarities in the roles they play unless they're trying to split the, split the snaps a little bit more. Uh, Wormley's another one out there, obviously coming off a torn ACL. So that's a guy I would keep an eye on. Um Outside of that, I think it's going to be buyer's choice in terms of some of these guys going down towards a little bit lower levels. Moe Hurst obviously if the medicals there um there's there's a couple names out there. There really is it's just going to be kind of who they want. Shout out Cleveland guy, John Kaminsky. I know Jackson's obviously real high on him. He's staying with the lions. Uh, so good for him getting paid. Uh, I think Puna Ford kind of falls off the radar after the Tomlinson signing. So that doesn't make a lot of sense. And Larry O Larry O getting kept by the Steelers was another one. So he unfortunately didn't complete the AFC North uh, run the, run the, run the, there's always division. next year division always. Well, you got a three-year deal. So
1: ah, um, two years time it will
0: be cut edge. We obviously have Ogo.
1: So I'm, I'm going to go with Fowler. There's been a lot of smoke around him going back to the Cowboys, but nothing's happened. So I'll, I'll, I'll keep cheering for it until it's dead. Um, I'm going to go for an oldie, Justin Houston, pressure monster. Um, certainly intrigues me. Um, and a final name. I'll go back to you and I'll come up with my final name.
0: Still a guy out there, Rasheem Green, young guy out of the Texans. He's a guy I would possibly look at. I'm looking for bigger guys now. I know you don't love him but at this point i think his price is probably dropping that's yannick and depending on what the number is god i love your face when i say that name and this is a guy jack just doesn't like because his pressure numbers aren't high so he, his salary never matches his pressure so yannick's a guy i think they could at least take a look at as well as frank clark he's obviously still out there shack lawson's another one in terms of you know if you're just looking for a nice veteran end to bring in who's going to do their job uh, Lawson's a guy that I, I like and I think you know would could at least play a role here. If you're looking for pure pass rush, I don't think Robert Quinn, I don't think he has a home yet in terms of a veteran.
1: Ingram, I think if you're looking for a more pure pass rusher, I think Melvin Ingram I, I hadn't had made it all the way
0: player. down my list to ages yet. When I was sorting by age, I had to go down a few Robert levels. Quinn older. To... Robert Quinn? No. Robert Quinn's not nearly as old as Melvin Ingram. He's Ingram's 34. Life. Quinn's 33. And then there's Clayus Campbell, who's 47. At least that's what he looks
1: but no, I think I think Houston would be a great shout because ideally, with this defensive tackle and this edge you want to sign, you probably want a one-year deal because you're hoping that these young guys that you brought in are going to step up. Because Miles Garrett's locked in, Ocaronko's locked in, Tomlinson's locked in, so you don't want to lock in too many other guys because then you're almost forcing these rookies out already, and you. you why would you go and draft someone in the second round if you have to get into year three before he's even in the top three in an edge rotation? So I think one-year deals makes a lot of sense. You bring these guys in and you go, hey, we're going to stick Houston in there. We're going to stick Fowler in there, whoever it is, and go, in a year's time, hopefully Alex Wright can step up and be the three behind Ocaronquo and Garrett. Um, And the same way at defensive tackle, you're hoping, hey, Winfrey, or if we draft a guy this year, that they could potentially be a starter in a year's time so it's that you've got to leave some room for a pipeline people always idea that you could just kind of um put a brick wall at it you can't go above that but it's better to uh, follow through.
0: yeah yeah and i listen there's going to be a couple names out there and i think it's just going to be what who they want who they target who they want at that price on the offensive side of the ball jack i mean do we i at this point don't see him really touching much into that wide receiver market after seeing like the Ashton Doolin contract and what Alan Lazard and stuff got. Ooh, that's a, that's an, uh, there's some pay over there. So I can't see them doing much in wide receiver. Um Anything at tight end. I know Foster Moreau was expected to get a hundred million dollars. Hasn't got it yet. Uh, I say that sarcastically. Um, Anything. Do you see anybody out there? Irv Smith, anybody? Hayden Hurst got relatively paid 13 million guaranteed.
1: Yeah, there's a few deals that I really like and they've got great value. Um, Richard Penny at the running back, I think was a great shout at 1.35 mil. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I, I think that gives people a good sense. Let's get this uh, cut up. I'll get it uploaded as quickly as possible because yeah. by the time it hits your ears, we've probably signed five yeah. guys and we look really behind the times.
0: And the last bit of news, I I think the Browns did make it official. Jadavian Clowney and John Johnson both released with post-June 1. Do you want to real quick give a cover on what that means in terms of their contracts? And just as a summary, because obviously Browns fans are going to want to know what's in the timelines.
1: Yeah, so they can go sign for anyone now. um, But effectively, the Browns will carry their cap number through until June 1st. And then on June 2nd, they get the extra cap space um, and saving. So in terms of John Johnson, there's no surprise. Everyone knew he had the extra year, 9.75 saved. But with Clowney, it's slightly different because people thought he was a free agent. Technically, he wasn't a free agent. He was actually signed probably until tomorrow with a void year in the deal. Um, And what they've done is they've cut him today rather than allowing the contract to void. And it was always designed this way. uh, Over the cap had the contract set up that way from day one. So just sort of explains how... Um, the process works because teams are limited to two post-June 1st cuts every year. Um, so they knew what they were doing. From the time it was signed, there was always the plan. And they could have re-signed him. It wasn't that they had to do this. Obviously, he uh, forced himself out of the team. But it's, <laughs> it's one that... They, I'm they no Robin, or anybody. I'm no Robin. I'm
0: Batman. No, Nick Chubb is Batman, Jadavian. Um, yeah, listen, we'll get it out there so you guys can get caught up. Um we tried to integrate in the space like I said just so we can be out there more real time obviously recording it editing and putting it out there there's a little bit of a lag but we obviously appreciate everybody out there you know whether it's DMing us or messaging us and all these other stuff we try to make ourselves available you know we don't pretend we have some crazy sources on all these things and that we're plugged into a lot of the matrixes our real goal is to just kind of kind of provide some insight oversight and a little bit of just a calming the waters because I've said it and I'll say it again. Being a Browns fan is different in 2023 than it was in 2020. You've got different contracts. You have to really understand how this money is. The number of times that people conflate cash and cap is just, it's crazy. You have to understand the limitations. And if you haven't, you have to memorize everything Jack has said for the last like three plus years. Just delete the part about the Ogo, you know, the obo Ocaron. that victory parade is over now.
1: Yeah. Uh, but re- by all means, rewind to uh, whatever minute of it and just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Um, but no, thanks so much for everyone for listening, um, all the comments, so many articles. If you want to know any of these contracts, the breakdown, there's an article on PFF, uh, PFF on the OBR, which clearly shows it all. Um, lots of work over there. Just enjoy it. There's also a tracker article I've written, which just has every single player that signed in free agency and a Browns take on their signing. Um, so no thanks so much for listening thanks Ian jumping on always good fun yeah, chatting to you absolutely um, well
0: you were in a very good mood after Liverpool, Liverpool got bounced by Real so I always, I always get to strike strike whenever the iron's hot but uh, yeah go Browns go Browns